try to be done. Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. That's where you'll find your text tonight. And um, we have looked through much <clears throat> over the days. Um, it is, to me, it's, man, it's, I'm, 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 it's very bittersweet getting to the end of this. Um, if I were to guess, we'd have three or four sermons left. I know I said that three or four ago, um, but the Lord leads and we'll be accomplishing about, um, approximately 40 messages out of this. And that's tremendous. I praise the Lord for that. Um, it, and December will be a year. Um, December, is that right? Yeah, December will be a year. Um, yeah, it's a long time in one in one place, and I, I can't tell you exactly where you where we'll go next. Um, but we'll definitely be somewhere. I've been praying about it, asking the Lord to help us and lead me um, to where you want where He wants us to go. And obviously, we still got. Um, Ten more sermons in Hebrews, and so you never know. It could be twenty. You never know with that either. So, but I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and um, we have been looking at this through the last few weeks, and we found ourselves in a short series inside of a series, in a short series inside of a big one, right? And so I really had no clue what was going to take place when I got to this chapter. <clears throat> I knew what was going to take place in the chapter. But I did not know what I was going to do with it. And so through the Lord's leadership, I'm thankful that we've uh, learned much in this chapter. I have at least. I've learned a lot in this chapter. And it covers a lot of Israel. And you know that. All of Israel. And um, the first week we found ourselves preaching on the sons of Jacob that have found themselves disqualified. And um, as they were at their father's bedside... They found themselves disqualified from all the blessings that their father had for them. I don't know about you, but I think to I think along the lines that man, what a sad day that'd be, right? Uh, what a sad day. Now, now we know that <clears throat> there's going to be a judgment day coming, and at that judgment day, you know, everybody says nowadays the big fad is, you don't judge me, <clears throat> don't judge me. I teach my kids don't judge me and this and that. But one day, they for, uh, only God can judge me, they say. Only God can judge me. And one, but, but oftentimes, I think they forget that God is going to judge them. Because if, if they, if they did, would remember that often, I believe they'd, they'd live life better. Um, but um, they were disqualified at their father's bedside. And we found that these four men were Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Dan. And then... We were able to jump into the sons who at the father's bedside were blessed as those who would be distinguished. And those that were distinguished um, there, they would be distinguished there at the father's bedside. Some of them were distinguished prior to that. Um, and then many of them will be distinguished in the future ages. And um, we found out so far that those uh, were Judah... There was Zebulun, there was Naphtali, there was Gad, there was Asher, and then I skipped one, and that would be Issachar, of course. And um, 
there's one more. There's one more left in that, and um, that happens to be Benjamin. And so we'll find ourselves in our text tonight, and I'm going to try to do something in a quick manner, preach a lot of points and a lot of subpoints, two points, a lot of subpoints, and I'll try to be done quickly. Verse number 22 of the Bible, of Genesis chapter number 49, the Bible tells us, Joseph is a fruitful bow. Even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. Speaking of Joseph here, we know a lot about the life of Joseph, of course. We've been, this is the series. And, uh, Verse 24 says, But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth underneath, under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessing of my progenitors. Unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills they shall be on the head of Joseph. And on the crown of the head of him that were separate from his brethren. Verse 27. This will be a beginning text. We're going to preach it backwards. Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey. And at night he shall divide the spoil. That's all that Jacob has to say to Benjamin. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Help us tonight. We pray, God, you'd help me preach. I cannot do it without you. In Jesus' name, amen. With the Lord's help this evening, I'm going to try to finish up those who were distinguished. And then I'm going to try to jump into another one. And so at their father's bedside, they were distinguished. We all understand that. Uh, and I'm going to be preaching, of course, on disqualified, distinguished, different, and dead. Part three. This is part three. So you follow along with me now. I want you to notice there were some distinguished. As I've said in the last, two week, in the last week and the week prior to that, uh, we have established that there are some of the sons of Jacob who uh, were headed to blessings down the road. We've established that. Everybody understands that. They, were, they would be elevated to a uh, place of prominence when Israel would become a nation uh, and, or become a kingdom rather. And, and when um, all of that takes place, we've learned of the first six, as I just mentioned to you, uh, now let's look at the last, and I, I, I'll not stay here too long. But there's a lot in here. I want you to notice the distinguishing uh, of Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin is another beloved son of Jacob, okay? Uh, reason I say beloved, that means much loved. That means he's loved a lot. Uh, he's a beloved son of Jacob. He is the second and the last born to Rachel, the one whom Joseph, who Jacob loved. Uh, 
That is the wife who Jacob worked seven years for and then worked another seven years for. And so um, this is here and uh, it's very evident here that Jacob is aiming uh, towards the future presence of Benjamin uh, and not the present at that time. Uh, why? Why? How do you know that? Well, if you study Benjamin in any sense, just what we've noticed of Benjamin, uh, Benjamin is very quiet. Do you agree with that? Has Benjamin said anything that we've noticed throughout this? I don't think he has. I have not noticed Benjamin speaking up and saying much of anything. He was obedient to his father. He was submissive to his father. And when his father said go to Egypt, he went uh, and that was it. I mean, you, you, you know the situation that took place. Uh, Benjamin was going to be held back by Joseph uh, and just because they didn't know who Joseph was, but Joseph knew who they were. He was going to hold them back, and then Judah stepped in and made his confession, and that all took place at that. And so, however, though, this tribe here uh, was uh, the smallest of them all. Benjamin was the smallest tribe. Uh, and in all, in, in this verse, it describes two actions uh, of the tribe of Benjamin uh, that will be taking place. Anybody notice that? It said, Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey. And in the evening he shall divide the spoil. So it tells us there's two actions that's going to be taking place through the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, one of those is going to be devouring. Two, and the second one of those is going to be dividing. And so uh, it also mentions uh, two time frames in this. Uh, it mentions the morning. It says, in the morning time he shall devour the prey. Uh, and in the evening he shall divide the spoil. And so it's the morning and it's the evening. Uh, and then also uh, it tells us very clearly what it mentions night. And then it also it tells us very clearly uh, that there are two outcomes There's the prey and there's the spoil. Is that right? And so I studied this and I looked at this and looked at this and read it over and over again because I had no clue how in the world I was going to preach this. But I believe there is a mention here, a before and an after. It's speaking of the before Benjamin and the after Benjamin. There is... The morning time Benjamin and there is the night time Benjamin. You understanding that? Uh, you, know, you know wolves are different in the day than they are at night. Sure. So Benjamin is as, shall be a raving, raven wolf. Uh, as a wolf in the morning he shall devour the prey and in the, in the night he shall divide the spoil. And so I believe there's a before and after theme that goes on with this tribe. And I'm going to speak on this tribe for a few minutes. Notice with me, before. Before. There is the before. And I want you to notice the contending of this tribe. Verse number 27 tells us, Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. And so I, and the nature of this tribe simply became as war. His title as a ravenous wolf. A very vicious wolf, if you will. And what do wolves do? Well, wolves kill. Wolves hunt. Wolves devour. Wolves divide. 
and then wolves eat, uh, right? They disappear, uh, if you want me to alliterate it. Uh, um, there was a lot of contention going on, uh, it seems. Uh, and if you look, you'll see the tribe of Benjamin uh, were very great warriors. Uh, the, the tribe of Benjamin were very great warriors. Uh, those small, they were great uh, in warriors. Uh, and not always were they in the wrong when they fight, uh, but many times they were. If you read Judges chapter number 20, uh, you'll find that the tribe of Benjamin uh, uh, w- w- was in there and they mentioned this woman's name uh, and they were bad talking her, if you will. I'm downscribing it, I understand. Uh, but what they were doing there, uh, and then the whole Israel, all 11 other tribes, uh, turned against Benjamin. Uh, it was Benjamin's fault. Uh, they turned against Benjamin. Uh, and Benjamin killed one after the other, after the other, after the other. And then uh, what took place is they come in there, uh, and they went in there, and God slew Benjamin. God allowed the rest of the tribes to come together and kill the small tribe Benjamin. But they couldn't have if God wouldn't have allowed them. And so here they are and they're in this place and, uh, and what they have to do is they have to cover themselves up uh, and they have to, they have to uh, make the hide. They have to hide. I read Genesis chapter 7. They have to hide in the, in the roadways, if you will, uh, and then they kill Benjamin. Benjamin eventually reunites with Israel and everything becomes well. But the contending of this tribe is that they were simply a, a very contentious tribe. They were, they, they were division consistently uh, towards the other tribes and they were a very warrior-like tribe. Uh, secondly, I want you to notice the conquering of this tribe. Uh, the conquering of this tribe. I'm going to turn to the book of Judges. Uh, you do not have to if you don't want to. Uh, but I'm going to turn to the book of Judges and, and read in chapter 3 uh, where the Bible speaks of somebody out of the tribe uh, of Benjamin. Verse 15, the Bible says, But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord... the The Lord raised them up a deliverer. Ehud, the son of Gera, a Benjamite, a man left-handed, and by him the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. But Ehud made him a dagger which had two edges of a cubic length. And he did gird it under his raiment, unto his up on his right thigh. And he brought the present unto Eglon, king of Moab. And Eglon was a very fat man. The Bible calls a man fat. How about that? It was a very fat man. And when he had made an end to the all for the present he sent away the people that bear the present but he himself turned again from the quarries that were by Gilgal and said I have secret errand unto thee O king who said keep silence and all that stood by him went out from him and Ehud came unto him and he was sitting in a summer parlor which he had for himself alone and Ehud said I have a message from God unto thee and he arose out of his seat and Ehud put forth his left hand and took the dagger from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly and the half also went in after the blade and the fat closed upon the blade so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly and the dirt came out. I don't know everything that goes on here. But I'll tell you is that I'm talking of the conquering of this tribe. Uh, I know the context here is that the very context is that he, he, Ehud was from the tribe of Benjamin. We all get that. He was a great warrior. And in our text here, he delivered Israel from Moab. Israel, here he was, Israel had put themselves 
in bondage to Moab because of their rebellion from the Almighty God. Uh, They were rebellious against the Lord. They had put themselves into bondage uh, down at Moab. uh, And Israel put themselves in their position uh, to begin with. Uh, And then Ehud was God's grace to Israel for their rebellion. Uh, And what a gracious God He is. Amen. Uh, And therefore, uh, He went in and He slew the king of Moab and they became conquered seen a message and heard a message of a man preach that and said how lefty killed fatty and uh, there's a lot to that but I'm telling you the truth tonight is that they were a conquering tribe the second thing I want you to think about I'm not going to read no verses the second thing I want you to think about on the means of a conquering tribe uh, is in the book of Esther in chapter number 2 and verse 5 uh, through verse number 7 uh, it tells you that Mordecai, Mordecai and Esther came from the tribe of Benjamin. How about that? They came from the tribe of Benjamin. And so how you say, well, how, what does this have to do with anything with conquerors? Well, they were able to deliver the Jews from the Persians. They were able to deliver God's people from the Persians before their death. Esther chapter 9, you can read it. And this tribe was a conquering tribe, wouldn't you say? It's a conquering tribe. Contending tribe. Thirdly, I want you to notice the crowned of this tribe. The crowned of this tribe. Now, 1 Samuel chapter number 9, I'm going to turn there for just a moment, and I won't be long. I'm trying to hurry. 1 Samuel chapter number 9, the Bible says, um, let me see, let me see. Now, there was a man of Benjanarn, whose name was Kish, the son of Amiel. I'm not going to read those. The son of Ephiel, a Benjamite. A mighty man of power, and he had a son whose name was Saul. Whose name was Saul. You'll find that Saul came from the tribe of Benjamin. Saul came from the tribe of Benjamin. He was a good king to begin with. We know all that. But he became involved with sin and became wicked. And then David from the tribe of Judah became the king of Israel. He was the first king of Israel by the way. Saul was. And here he was in this. And brother Chris Simpson said something along these lines. He said Saul had the title but David had the touch. Saul had the title, but David had the touch. Doesn't matter what title you got, as long if you ain't got the touch of God, you ain't worth nothing. Amen. The crown of this tribe, Saul. Fourthly, I want you to notice the Christian of this tribe. One day, if the Lord will allow me to, I'm going to preach this message entitled, From Saul to Saul. From Saul to Saul. Acts chapter number 8. Excuse me. Romans chapter number 11. Romans chapter number 11. The Bible tells us very clearly there. Under the handwriting of Paul. Everybody with me tonight. The Bible says, I say then hath God cast away his people. God forbid. For I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham. Of the tribe of Benjamin. Paul or Saul was of the tribe of Benjamin. So we were talking of the before, right? Now we're talking of the after. Benjamin shall be a ravenous wolf. Raven as a wolf. In the morning, 
He shall devour the prey. We have just went through that. And in the evening, He shall divide the spoil. He shall divide the spoil. And so we could spend time here, but we're not going to spend much. But this man, we know, knew God, right? Uh, he knew who he was, but he knew who God was. The Bible says in 1 Timothy, in chapter number 1 and verse number 15, uh, the Bible says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation uh, that, that Christ Jesus uh, came to this world to die for sinners in whom I am chief. Uh, that's what Paul said. Uh, he describes Christ. Uh, he describes himself there. He says, I'm the chief of sinners. Uh, he is the, the Christ for sinners. He's the dyer for sinners. Uh, He's the one who paid the debt for all the sinners. Uh, and also in Revelation chapter 7 uh, and verse number 8, you'll find that the tribe of Benjamin will seal 12,000 preachers. Uh, um, um, they'll be sealed. They'll be here uh, to preach the everlasting gospel in the kingdom ages. Uh, or excuse me, in the tribulation. Uh, they'll be preaching the everlasting gospel and there'll be many saved. Uh, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 7 uh, that the, it says, who, who are they which came out? Uh, these are they which came out of the great tribulation. Well, who are they? Uh, well, that's what John was trying to figure out. He said, I don't know who they are, uh, but who are they which are arrayed in white robe uh, and white linen, rather, is what it says. Uh, who are they that are, are, are all tongues, uh, all kindred, uh, all multitude? By the way, that's still Gentiles. I don't care what anybody says to you, uh, because you cannot just say all and then put the Jews in there, alright? Uh, I believe any man can be saved uh, at any time, uh, and I believe it's just going to take a deal and uh, it's going to take a different route uh, um, but it's still going to take the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to be preached to all nations uh, and there'll be 12,000 sealed uh, from uh, from 12 tribes uh, and there'll be uh, 144,000 preachers and two preachers preaching on this earth there'll be two witnesses we know of them but friend, uh, there'll be many saved in that. What's the point of this though? What's the point? No matter what you used to be, God can still use you. The tribe of Benjamin was greatly used of God. Uh, Paul wrote 14 books in the New Testament, if you didn't know that. Uh, he wrote 14 books in the New Testament. Uh, others may have saw Benjamin as the youngest uh, and the smallest tribe, uh, but God saw more, friend. Uh, God saw more. Uh, there were more. Uh, there were two Saul's that came out of this. Uh, one in the Old Testament pictured the flesh, uh, and the other one is the epitome, uh, the epitome of the child of God. God. Uh, he tells us uh, that he tells us very clearly, therefore, if any man be in Christ, uh, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Uh, he goes on a little farther, a little back, a little farther, and he says, uh, he tells us very clearly uh, that no man should be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, for it is in the power of God uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, he tells us on a little farther that this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Uh, that Christ Jesus came to this world to save sinners uh, of whom I am chief. Uh, he tells us on a little farther, I fought a good fight. Uh, I finished my course. Henceforth uh, is laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord. Uh, the righteous judge shall give me on the day uh, and shall give to all those who look for His appearing. Uh, he tells us on a little farther. He says there's better blood that came. Uh, I believe he wrote Hebrews. Uh, he tells us there's better blood that came. Uh, he said salvation is uh, utmost salvation in Hebrews chapter 
chapter 10, verse, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter, uh, excuse me, I'm trying to go back a little bit. Hebrews chapter number 10, somewhere around there. Uh, he said that Christ died for all sins. Uh, he tells us so many things that we learned from this man uh, by the name of Saul. Uh, and he has given us an example to live by. That is grace, wouldn't you say? Can you, I mean, God can do something with you if you'll just let Him. There were some distinguished. I want you to notice there were some, one. There was one different. Out of all of those, there was one that was different. Just one. I I feel the Lord tonight. I pray that everybody is where we need to be. I feel like there's a battle going on right now while I'm preaching. But I want you to know, Benjamin was used of God. It's tremendous. But Benjamin was described in a realm of seven. There were seven people who were distinguished. One that was different. We read it in our text. We're going to go through it. One. We've seen all those who were disqualified. We've seen all those who were distinguished. Now I want you to see the one that was different. No one other than Jacob. Joseph, excuse me. None other than Joseph. None other than the one that we've spent the last 30 weeks in. None other than Joseph. He was different from all of the rest. Uh, he stood out among his brethren. Uh, his father had to take five verses uh, to describe his blessing. Uh, Joseph was given the place of the firstborn uh, when in reality he was the eleventh son of Jacob uh, and the firstborn of uh, his beloved wife, Rachel. And so this is, there is one thing we should know uh, is technically there is no tribe of Joseph. Hold tight. Technically, there is no tribe of Joseph. Joseph received a double portion. uh, And his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, both have a tribe. So technically, Joseph has two tribes. And so so we think about this and we look at it. So I I guess that would represent him. And so however, three times in the Bible, it does refer to the tribe of Joseph. Numbers twice and then Revelation once. Revelation describes that there's going to be 12,000 sealed from the tribe of Joseph. And so, but, there, but there's never any mention other than that. I think it's uh, Numbers chapter 11, Numbers chapter 36. It, both of those describe that. Uh, uh, but let's look at these verses tonight on the blessings that the Father tells Joseph. I, I may not finish them all, but I'm going to try to get done just quickly here. Once you notice, number one, he talks of the fruits in his bow. Verse 22, the Bible says, Joseph is a fruitful bow. Not just that, but he's even a fruitful bow by the well. Not just that, but whose branches run over the wall. You say, that makes no sense. Well, the word bow, Jacob is referring to, uh, uh, Jacob is referring Joseph to. And by the way, how come Joseph, how come Joseph couldn't get a cool name? How come Joseph couldn't be called a wolf? How come Joseph couldn't be called a serpent? How come Joseph couldn't be called a lion? 
Uh, you get what I'm saying? Now, all the rest of them, how come, like, like Issachar there, how come he couldn't be, call, he couldn't be called a strong ass? What he does here is the word bow is a branch of a tree. Not just any branch, but a sizable branch. It's a bigger, bigger portion of a tree. You see old trees grow and you got the big massive stump here. Uh, but then off of that, you might have a massive tree limb too that comes off of it. And off of that tree limb comes other tree limbs. I believe... Saying in my notes, but I believe that you can look at this and look uh, how the big stump is Jesus, God, who Joseph rested upon, by the way. We know that. And then Joseph is the bow. He's the bow that grows. And this is a historic statement, but it's also, uh, it's also a prophetical statement. Uh, more is recorded in the book of Genesis about Joseph than anyone else. And we could, we, could, we could be in the thoughts here uh, and all this, but this bow has not just benefited itself, uh, it's benefiting others. This bow is. This bow is benefiting other people. Think about this. Uh, through his tribe sprang two, not one like the rest of them, uh, but sprang two tribes. And so, uh, and we know that their Manasseh is a split tribe. Both sides of the Jordan. And so, so we look at this and we think about this and we say, well, what does this mean? Well, I, in the book of Numbers in chapter number 1, I'm not going to turn there for sake of time, uh, but in the book of Numbers chapter number 1 and verse number 33 and verse, through verse number 35, uh, it speaks of the tribe uh, of Manasseh and the tribe of Ephraim. The tribe of Manasseh, I think, has 40,500 people. And the tribe of Ephraim, Ephraim, and I may get them mixed up, but the tribe of Ephraim uh, has somewhere around 30,000 people. Those tribes. Verse number 27-ish or somewhere around there in Numbers chapter number 1. I read it earlier. It, it mentions Judah. We know Judah as the biggest tribe. Is that correct? Judah is the biggest tribe. Benjamin is the smallest tribe. In verse number 27, I think it is, of, of Numbers chapter 1, you'll find that Judah is represented there, and Judah has about 60-ish, three score, and some in their tribe. So that means 60, right? So who is the biggest tribe? Joseph. You with me? Isn't this amazing? This is the Bible study, friend. Joseph, uh, Joseph, uh, uh, Jacob, Joseph's tribes exceed that, but there is two of them. There's two of them. Uh, and through Joseph come many. Because there's two. There's two. It's a different there. And uh, it speaks of branches which are running over the wall. Uh, and branches which are running over the wall. And this tribe didn't just impact itself, uh, but it impacted many. Uh, it reached out in a great vast uh, of the, your Bible maps are contained with Ephraim and Manasseh. Bigger than Judah. How about that? Bigger than Judah and exceeding the rest together. I mean, it grows out over there. May I just say, though, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give points and apply them. May I just say this, though, is that this church ought to reach out over the walls, too. Amen. Amen. 
our, our, our duty as a church, uh, just as well as them as a tribe, is that they were reaching out. The Bible says that it reaches, the branches reach out uh, over a wall, uh, and we're to reach out uh, and impact the world around us. And by the way, from the tribe of Ephraim came two notable people. Anybody name them? Joshua and Samuel. Both came from the tribe of Ephraim. Then from the tribe of Manasseh came one notable person, Gideon. And Gideon just happens to be in Hebrews chapter 11. He's described as one of the elders of faith. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to me. He was fruitful in his bow. Secondly, I want you to notice he talks of the foes of his beaten path. The foes in his beaten path, the Bible says in verse 23, the archers have sorely grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. Lord, help me tonight. Lord, help me. We know of the battles that Joseph faced along his route. The word grieved, we can all agree here that they're in past tense. Is that right? The archers sorely grieved him. It has already happened is what it's telling us. It's already happened. We know along his way that he fought battle after battle after battle after battle. He went from the plan, uh, uh, from the plan where they said, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Uh, from the plan uh, to the pit, uh, into the slave train, uh, to Potiphar's house, uh, dealt with Potiphar's wife, uh, and went to the prison, uh, and went from the prison, and he finally, he was forgotten in the prison uh, for two solid years. The book did not remember about him uh, until just happenstance. You know, Pharaoh has a dream, uh, and here he is. And oh, well, I remember there was a dreamer that was in the prison. He interpreted my dream, uh, and he interpreted also uh, the baker's dream, which was in there. The baker was going to die, and that happened. Everything happened. Uh, and then here he is. Uh, uh, but his life, and then he landed as a prime minister in the palace, and we know all that stuff. Uh, but his life has truly been a beaten path, wouldn't you say? It was a bumpy road. It was a bumpy road, but it was a provided road. You may go through those along your way, friend. But know that God knows what He's doing. Amen. He's sovereign and He knows what He is doing. Just trust Him. He talks of the foes along His beaten path. He talks of the fruits there in his bow. He talks of, thirdly, he talks of the, this is Jacob talking, he talks of the firmness of his bow in verse 24 at the beginning. But his bow abode in strength. His bow abode in strength. Although the archers were shooting at him, he stayed strong, he stayed persistent, and he stayed faithful, thank God. You know, he knew the God of heaven wouldn't let him down. He claimed victory. He did not claim victim. He didn't claim, oh, I need to recover for something. No, he stayed faithful from what he had. Notice with me, his bow was a prepared bow. It was a prepared bow, the Bible says, but his bow... 
but his bow. Thank God he had a bow. It was ready to take on whatever happened to be thrown at him. Wouldn't you say so? He had a bow. And friend, I tell you, that's an important task. Wouldn't you say? You better be ready for what life throws your way. It could change any moment. If today was your last church, church service, would you be satisfied with it? Oh, I'm saying his bow, his bow uh, was a, uh, it was a prepared uh, bow. It was a prepared bow. It says, but his bow. uh, Secondly, I want you to notice his bow uh, was a personal bow. The Bible says, but his bow. But his bow, you say, well, what in the world is this going to have anything to do with this? I don't know, but the Lord helped us tonight and the Lord's going to help us. Uh, But let me, can I just tell you, it was his bow. It was his bow. It wasn't anyone else's bow. That's an important thing to note. When you battle something in your life, you cannot always lean on mama and daddy to have good faith. You cannot always lean on pastor to have good faith. But friend, I tell you the truth. It must be what you have. It must be personal. There will be personal attacks in your life. You better be ready for them. His bow was a personal bow. Thirdly, his bow was a powerful bow. The Bible says uh, his bow, uh, but his bow abode in strength. It was a powerful bow. He knew what he would do uh, if something would come along his way. Uh, He knew what he would do. We found that out. You know that? Uh, He had convictions. Uh, He didn't just have choices. He didn't just have actions. Uh, He did not just have uh, uh, just uh, maybe a a preposed plan uh, that maybe he thought about two seconds before uh, or he had to think about it on the spot. Uh, No, Joseph had convictions along his life. Uh, He had convictions. Uh, He was not convinced. Confused about anything. We can look back at Potiphar's Potiphar's wife. When Potiphar's wife came along, guess what? Joseph jumped the ditch, son. He's gone. He had a conviction. I was not. I'm not getting into that mess. And you must have set convictions in your life, friend. You must have set convictions, uh, or, or you know, I tell you, it it will not hold up. It will not do it. Uh, It will not work. Uh, Hold your bow with strength. Ironic, we we talked about shooting arrows on Sunday. His bow was a powerful bow. Fourthly, his bow was a persistent bow. The Bible says it abode. Is that right? It abode in strength. Uh, That means it stayed ready. That means it stayed ready. That trials, uh, trials didn't catch J- Joseph off guard. Uh, and when they came, it didn't catch him off guard. Uh, and that must be you too, friend. Uh, don't let the fiery darts of the wicked uh, confuse you uh, or get in your way uh, or catch you lacking. Uh, what I'm trying to say here is Joseph wasn't a Sunday in, Sunday out type of guy. He was faithful. He was faithful. He was an all week kind of guy. His bow was a persistent bow. He talks of the firmness of his bow. Fourthly, he talks about the faithfulness of his blessed provider. Verse number 24, the Bible says at the end, And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. I want you to know there's a lot of preaching in that stone. A lot of preaching. The Bible tells us that he was the stone which the builders rejected uh, on a little farther. I ain't getting into it, but uh, God help me tonight. I don't want to preach. Uh, but I tell you is that this strength didn't come from Joseph. 
It came from the Father of lights, uh, where there is no shadow of variableness. Uh, it came from the Lord. Uh, there is a scene here uh, that shows Joseph's hand uh, inside of the Lord's hand. Uh, how about that? Uh, it shows his hands inside. It says, uh, "But he and the arms of the hands uh, were of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob." Uh, friend, I tell you, there's a scene there. Uh, I could just think about it. Uh, Our hands inside of God's hands. Uh, Bless the Lord for that. Uh, Friend, yes, He's got the whole world in His hands. uh, But He's got my hand in there too, thank God. Amen. He talks about the faithfulness of His blessed provider. Then He talks about the Father of the blessings. Let Let me rephrase that. He talks about the fathers of the blessings. Verse 25. Man, this is as fast as I can go through this. I want you to know that. I, I, really, I might preach back next week on it. Even by the God of thy Father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with the blessings of heaven above, blessing of the deep that lieth under, blessing of the breast and of the womb, uh, the blessing of the Father hath prevailed above the blessing of my progenitors, uh, under the uh, utmost bound of the uh, everlasting hills that shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Talks about the fathers of his blessings. I could hit much more than I'm going to, but I believe we understand what's taking place here. Let's see. See a few things. He was blessed in his posterity. Now, if you don't know what posterity means, it means future generations. He was blessed in his posterity. There, this is this covers throughout all these two verses that we just read. I, it covers them. Really, all it is is speaking of the head of the generations. And it even uses the word progenitors. That speaks of those giving birth. It speaks of that sort of stuff, the, the future generations. There has to be birth given before, you know, you know all that. So the seed. And so Joseph was definitely blessed in his generation as a head. He was blessed in his posterity. He was blessed in his populace. His tribes, as, as has been mentioned, were big, they were big combined. It started here. It also speaks of Jacob being blessed. Right? Now look back in Genesis chapter number 36 when you get home and find who wasn't blessed. Esau. Jacob has four verses in Genesis chapter number 36 that's talking about him. And it's 43 verses in the chapter, so you can do the math. 39 verses left that describe the descendants of Esau. Edom, the Edomites. Edomites turned against Israel more than anybody else. And I tell you the truth, friend, is that the populace of Jacob, uh, the populace of this, uh, is that he, he was blessed. Uh, he, if, if he was blessed, Noah, Jacob could say here at the end of his life, uh, sitting on his bedside, he could say, uh, I used to be a nobody. I used to be a nothing. Uh, but now I can truly see uh, how good God has been to me. Uh, he said, God's been so good to me. Uh, He has blessed me with a family. It's going to go on for generations. His was blessed in his populace. He was also blessed in his portion. Joseph, being the 11th son of Jacob, should have received the portion of the 11th son. But rather he received the portion of the firstborn. 
That is the double portion. The Lord certainly did bless Joseph, wouldn't you say? I'd like to add one more thing and I'm done. Eyes closing. It says in verse 24, the end of it, it says, The mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. We can look back in our series and we can see some things here, but in Jacob's final few words, directively towards Jacob, Joseph, excuse me. In Jacob's final few words, uh, directively towards his son, his beloved son, uh, Joseph, uh, he gives the Lord five titles. He gives the Lord the title of the mighty God of Jacob. He gives the Lord the title of the stone of Israel. He gives the Lord the title of the shepherd. Uh, He gives the Lord the title of the God of your father. He gives the Lord the title as the Almighty. Uh, He goes through all of that and he mentions that. So, So what are you saying, preacher? Well, Jacob knew who God was. At the end of his life, Jacob knew who he was. Uh, Remember back. uh, Think back just a little bit with me. Uh, Old Jacob used to be in depression. Uh, He used to be in despair. Uh, He used to be down. Uh, He he said, I'll go to my grave uh, 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 grieving, uh, Jacob, Joseph. uh, I'll go to my grave. uh, I'll go to my death uh, grieving, Joseph. Uh, I miss Joseph. Uh, I loved Joseph. Uh, Joseph was my favorite color, but now... my favorite uh, son, uh, and he gave me. I gave him the coat of many colors. Uh, I loved Joseph, uh, but here he was. Joseph was dead, uh, but now Jason, Joseph is alive again. Uh, he's alive now, uh, and here he is. And by the way, Joseph is the best type of Christ in the Bible. And when he is talking to Joseph at the end of his life, last words recorded from Jacob to Joseph, he is given glory, not to Joseph, but to God. Now you say, what does this have anything to do with it? Well, that's a wonderful thought to me. Stood out to me, really. Because there will be a change when Jesus comes in your life too. And Joseph came into the life of Jacob again. And here he was. And this is much, much better. This is much better than Joseph, uh, than Jacob referred to God uh, earlier on in Genesis chapter number 31. Uh, and Jacob referred to God uh, as the God of Abraham. You say, well, what's you saying, preacher? He knew at this point who God was for himself. He said he is the God of Jacob. Who's Jacob? Him. He is the God of Jacob. Tell you tonight, you better, you better know who God is in your life personally. When the time comes and you're sitting at the judgment seat of Christ, you better know who God is. You won't sit there if you won't, if you don't. You'll never get there. Jacob knew who God is. And he was fruitful in his bow. He was firmful. Firmness. uh, He was in his bow. But there was a God in heaven who was father 
of all the blessings. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 17, that everything, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no shadow of variableness. He is the best thing that you'll ever have in your life. And he was the best thing, according to these last verses of Jacob's life, he was the best thing that he had in his life. Isn't that good? Amen. God help us tonight. Stand to your feet, please. Lord, we love you. Pray, God, you'd bless these people. Pray, God, I was obedient to you tonight. Lord, help me. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just help these people. Lord, help the points that weren't able to be preached tonight, Lord. God, Lord, I give direction and leadership. Lord, he was betrayed, Lord, by his foes. He was a figure of the beloved. He was a figure of you, Lord. Lord, there were so many things. Uh, there was fighting that went on, Lord, and there were so many things. Lord, we could have went through so many more things. But, Lord, I feel like, Lord, we're done here. And, Lord, I pray, God, you've helped your people tonight. We love you in Jesus' name. Keep us safe. Bring us back in the next appointed time. Amen. God bless you.